In Psalm chapter 107, I want to just read a couple verses here and uh, encourage you, encourage you today, I hope, I pray, and challenge us. I want you to continue to pray for Suzanne. Suzanne uh, came home from the hospital uh, yesterday or Friday, uh, get my days confused, yesterday was it? And um, so we, we thank the Lord for that and continue to pray for Suzanne. She will, uh, she'll have to deal with treatment for her cancer um, after the new year, but uh, just for the next few days, we'll just rejoice that she's home. And I know her th- family is thankful for that. I want you to pray as well. A pastor in Alabama uh, yesterday, he, 35 years old, six children, and um, had been pastoring at this church in Alabama for about eight years or so, um, maybe nine. He, um, 35 years old, just passed out yesterday and became unconscious and passed away. Just that quick, just that quick, left his six children and um, pray for this, this family, this church. Uh, I believe the name of the church is Grandview Baptist Church. Just pray for them. Um, just hearts are broken, hearts are broken. A pastor friend of mine in Cincinnati area was at a, at a fellowship um, about 12 weeks ago or so uh, for his church. He was the, uh, a senior citizen fellowship luncheon and um, just took a piece of fish and, and ate just one bite of fish and had an allergic reaction to it. And before they could get him uh, any help, he was unconscious and, and stopped breathing. And, and uh, for 12 weeks now, he's been in a, a state of just unconsciousness, not able to awaken him. Um, difficult, difficult for a church, difficult for his family. And many to pray for, many, many to pray for. I want you to pray, please, for that church, Woodville Baptist Church and Tim Raines, Pastor Tim Raines is his name. I know the family would appreciate um, prayers for him. I want to read these two verses, if you would, please. Psalm 107, in verse number 23. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Let me read that again. They that go down in the sea in ships that do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. I want you to just think about those two verses as we talk about this and look into these verses and dig deep into these. They that go down into the sea in ships, they, they're going to go to great, do business in great waters. These see, it's, it's those that see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. I thought, and I want to challenge us with this, with this thought of what's 2019 going to look like? Now, there are some things that are going to be out of our control. There are going to be some things that are going to happen to us that we might not ask for. We might not expect. We might not want. But then I believe this. There are some things that we do have a decision on. We have a decision if we're going to serve the Lord. We, we make the decision what we're going to do with our life. We, we make the decision when, when things happen to us, what we're going to do and how we're going to respond. We make that decision, right? When, when you're just driving along and, and somebody cuts you off while you're driving. Right, Brother Kudrow? I just saw your wife tap you. This has happened to you, huh? You make the decision how you respond. 
You make that decision. I, 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 was, I was laughing. I saw somebody posted to the person that was yelling and screaming at me while I was honking my horn at you. I just wanted you to know your cell phone was on the top of your car. You know, <laughs> They were trying to get their attention to tell them something, but the person responded in a very negative way. You might not, you might not control the events of your life at times, but you can control how you respond to those events. You can control how you respond to the Lord. God is going to do some things. It might be wonderful things according to how we rate wonderful and, and not so wonderful in our life. He's going to do some things. This year, 2019, it, it might be a year where you say it was a wonderful financial year or wonderful year of blessings. You, you might say in 2019, as we stand here a year from now, you might say it was a horrible year. There was many uh, hurts and, and many problems, but how you respond is up to you. Each year we come to this time and we wonder what that year, this upcoming year is going to look like. I want you to take note here in these verses here in Psalm chapter 107. These, these verses, they're about risk, risk taking a risk. I believe this, that every, every Christian ought to take risk in their life. You, you ought to be taking risk. And when, when we talk about the Christian life, we, we talk about faith often. In, in, in reality, in the Christian life, there is much that is very certain. There's much that we don't have to, we don't have to uh, figure out. We just believe it by faith. And, and, and some of those things like the word of God, it's certain. We believe it. If the Bible says it, we believe it. It's not something we come and we argue about or something that we come in and try to figure it out. We, we believe this. If the, if the Bible says it, it's true. We live it. We believe it. We follow it. We believe this, that God is certain. God is true. We, we, don't, we don't argue that. We simply believe that God is who he says he is. We, we believe heaven is true. Aren't you glad for that? There's people that we can't wait to see in heaven. There's our Savior one day we're going to see him because heaven is certain. We, we preach this in our church. We preach hell and judgment is certain. They're not topics that we like to talk about, but they're true. Hell is certain and judgment is certain for those that have never trusted Jesus Christ as their savior. Eternity is certain. Aren't you glad for that? Eternity. Those that have trusted Christ as their savior, we believe that eternity with God is certain. These are things that they're certain. But in this life, we take risk. We do. We, we will, and in 2019, the reality is that there are going to be many, if not all in this room, you're going to have to take certain risk. It's part of life. And, and faith is required in taking these risks. There's risks that our church will have to take this year. There's, there's risk that you'll take in your marriage this year. There's risk that you're going to take in your careers this year. There, there's going to be some risk that people are going to take. There, there are some risks. There's several uh, that are in college and they're studying maybe for the ministry and they're going to have to take some risk. Just going off to college. How are we going to pay that college bill? Some are just taking a risk. Some will be moving and, and, and taking risk and, and stepping out by faith in taking these risks. Often, often people say this, I'm going to step out on faith and I'm going to do this. And they mean by, by that, I'm going to do this praying God is going to bless it. There, there's times that 
I feel the Lord wants me to do this or maybe our church to do this. And, and by faith, I just step out, hoping, praying that God is going to bless that. That's faith. Every one of us are going to do that in this upcoming year in some way. We, it's, it's difficult. Stepping out and taking risks are difficult because we can't see the beginning and we can't see the end of certain things. But I want you to know this today, and I want you to remind you this. We do know the one who is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, and that's God. And that's why we can, by faith, take risk. That's by why we, by faith, we can plunge in taking huge risk. And church, I believe this, that we as Christians, we as a church, we as families, as individuals, we ought to constantly be taking risks for the cause of Christ. Do you believe that? I believe that with all my heart. I believe that we ought to constantly be exercising our faith constantly be taking risk, constantly plunging into the deep and, and taking those risks. In verse number 24, look with me there again. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. That, that verse, that verse number 24, it challenges me when I read that verse. It, it helps me because it's not unless those go out into the deep. It's those that are willing to go to the deep. It's willing, it's willing to go to the, the frightening places, those that are willing to go to the unknown places, the places that maybe others aren't willing to go. It's those, according to verse 24, these see the works of the Lord. How many of you this year, this upcoming year, you want to see the works of the Lord? I know I do. Not only do we see the works of the Lord, it, it, it says here, and his wonders in the deep. And, and that, that tells me this, unless we're willing to launch out into the deep, we're not going to see certain things that God wants to show us. We're, we're not going to see and experience certain things. Uh, the last thing I want to do when I stand before God, I, I don't want to hear, I had so many things I wanted for you, but you were afraid to let me work. The last thing, honestly, church, as a, as a pastor, I don't know of any pastor that would want to stand before God and that, 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 that pastor here, there were so many things that you missed out on because you failed to lead that church in faith. There's so many things that the people could have seen. There's so many things that people could have experienced about God, but you failed to lead them by faith. The church didn't see what God wanted it to see. The ocean is amazing. Now, I, I, <clears throat> I personally don't necessarily like the ocean. I was about 20 miles or so off the, off the Atlant uh, Atlantic coast into the Atlantic Ocean, and somebody talked me into going on this big deep sea fishing, and storms came up, and I felt like Jonah on this big boat, and, and, uh, but I wasn't willing to be thrown overboard. Um, but I, I was on this boat, and, and it was so bad that I, I remember in between some visits to the, to the uh, uh, railing, I went up to the, the captain, and, and he was sitting Indian style on the, on the deck of his area praying. And I knew when I saw that, we were in trouble. We were in big trouble. And I just went back down and I said, well, might as well just pray with him. It was a bad storm that came up and I never wanted to see the Atlantic Ocean again. 
there was a time several years ago, we were at the uh, Atlantic Ocean and we were in the ocean and Jacob was just uh, young. I don't know how many years ago, maybe last year or so. He, he <laughs> was swimming in the ocean and um, the undercurrent started coming. And, and I can't swim and, and I can't float. I'm like a, a big weight. You just sink. And, and m me and another friend uh, was there and Jacob was there. And, and I, I realized without even, just, it just caught me. He's not next to me anymore. And, and, and he was a ways out. And I got a little bit concerned. So I started stepping toward him, like walking, and I couldn't touch the bottom anymore. And I remember, I remember going to him and, and, and getting to him and just grabbing him and, and just throwing him as hard as I could back toward the shore just so he could get some momentum back to the shore. And fortunately, a friend of mine was there and he just gave me a little, little push and we were able to go back to, the, go back to the shore just fine. It was on the same day that a friend of ours told us that his friend was in Jacksonville, Florida and the undercurrent took him and and uh, he was doing the same thing as a little boy got out there and he went to save his little boy, but the undercurrent took him and they found him and he drowned. The ocean is an amazing, it's taken many lives. It, 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 it's a force that humans cannot control. It's an amazing place. The, the deepest places in the ocean are almost uh, undiscoverable. You, 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 can't, you can't even fathom what there is. Matter of fact, history tells us this, only three known people have even found some of the deepest places in the ocean. A, a, a place called Hadel is in the ocean. This is the deepest places in the ocean. You could put Mount Everest, which I've never been there, but I hear is a pretty high mountain. I hear that you can, you can put Mount Everest in this, in this ocean, in this uh, uh, place of Hadel, and, and there still be miles above Mount Everest before you would come to the top of the ocean. That's deep. The, the, the pressure is, is 18 tons per square inch. You say, what does that mean? That is like this, a hundred elephants standing on your head. How many of you would say that's a lot of pressure? One elephant standing on your head is a lot of pressure. A hundred is unfathomable, the pressure. The, the author of Psalm 107, he seeks, seeks, uh, speaks of the wonders of the deep, but, but have you, uh, you have to go there to experience them. Y you have to be in the deep to experience the wonders of the deep. It it's a scary place. It's a difficult place. It's, it's a place that, that, that uh, uh, you could lose your life. It's a, it's a place that maybe for some others have never been. But the Bible tells us this, that there are works of the Lord and the wonders in the deep. And the only place, the only way to see these is to get there. Now stay with me this morning, please. Verse 23, they engage in a, a risky area. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to pretend that going to the deep is easy. It's not. If it was easy, then all of us could be there and experience what the psalmist is writing of. 
it's a difficult chore. It's a difficult task. It's risky. They, they, they're surrounded by the depths. They, they see things they would never see on land. Listen to me, there, there, there are some things about God that you'll never see if you stay safe. There's some, there's some things about God. There's healing power. There's, there's, there's resurrecting power that God has that, that some on this earth in this life will never see because we just stay safe. We don't want to take risk because risks are difficult. Those in verse number 23, they that go down into the sea in ships that do business in great waters, they, they, they see things they would never see on land. They see things that they'd never experience if they played it safe. Now listen to me today, please hear me. Because I want to help us. I want to help our church today. I want to help you. There's some Christians that live their entire life playing it safe. And you miss out on the things that God wants to show you. You, you miss out. These, these, this psalmist is speaking of these ships that do business. They go to the great depths. These see the works of the Lord. Listen to me. There are some churches that just play it safe. They come, they sing, they have great fellowship. I had someone say to me, they think that we ought to buy a $100,000 coach bus so that we could take people on these great trips. And I said, why would we do that? Well, why wouldn't we do that? I said, because that's not what the church is for. The church isn't for to take a great risk in buying a 100,000 coach bus so that we can enjoy going to shows and plays and, 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 and playing church. The, the church is to take risk, taking the gospel into a dark world. That's the church's responsibility, to take risk. I've, in my heart, I, I, I have just a, a, a great passion to see churches planted and replanted in this country. One of the things that we did for our Christmas offering this year, we, we took and $10,000 is going to just go to church planning. There's 10 families that are taking a risk. I, I, just, I just talked to a fella and I, and I, I want our church. I'm going to get some more information for our church. I hope our church will get behind this. There's a fellow that is uh, uh, going to Ann Arbor and there's a, there's a building that has five acres of property. It's a building and, and six people come to this building every week and, and have a church. And they've decided just to close it up. And so I, I sat in Starbucks with this, this fella uh, on an on a, uh, airport two weeks ago, and he said, what do you, what do you think? He said, I think I'm going to quit my job. I think I'm going I'm to uh, um, uh, uh, go up to Ann Arbor, and they're willing to give me this building, and all I have to do is, is, is just start. But, but there's no money. There's just a building. They're, 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 they're just going to stop the church, and we'll relaunch the church. He said, what do you think? And I said, I think it's a risk. I think I, I said, I think it's a great idea. If God's in it, what a wonderful risk that is. And here's a guy in his 30s going to quit his job, and he's got several kids, and, and it's going to affect their schooling and, and going to go up to Ann Arbor, and now all they have is a building, but he's willing to take a risk. Are we willing to take a risk? M many people want to see 
the great things. In verse number 24, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. You know, many, many people want to see these things, but they, they don't want to take the risk. They, they want to see God work. Uh, if I asked you today, how many of you want to see great things of God? You, everyone in this room would raise their hand. Of course we do. I, I think the question, though, the psalmist would ask us is this. It's not how many of you want to see great things of God. How many of you want to see wonderful things of God? I think the question to ask yourself is this. How many of us are willing to take great risk to see the wonderful things of God? Because we all want to see God work. But how many of you are willing to do the impossible to see God do the impossible? If you want to see God's wonders, you, you have to be doing business in the great waters to see it. Would you write that down in your heart, please? Church, if we want to see God's wonders, we have to be doing business in the great waters to see it. If, if you as an individual want to see God's wonders, you have to be doing business in the deep waters to see it. Lots of people want wonderful things from God. Lots of people want wonderful blessings of, from God, but they don't want to engage with God in the deep waters. Hear me, please, today. You say, what, what are you setting us up for? I'll let you know in a few weeks. But many people want to see God's blessings, but they don't want to engage with God in the deep. They, they, they want to see God's wonders, but they don't want to launch out into deep waters. It's like parenting. Before your parents, it's so easy. You know who the best authors on parenting are? People that have never had kids. They write great books. You know who gives great advice on marriage? Those that have never been married. They write great books. Parenting, raising children without conflict. And every one of us want to raise children with no conflict, with, with everything perfect, no sickness, no illness, no disappointment, right? How many, how many of you, that, that's the way I want to parent, with no problems at all. Do you, you know what? Parenting takes great risk. Marriage is, is a risky subject. Raising children is a risky subject. Life Life is a risky subject. And I want you to know this morning, it's not going to be perfect. Life is not going to be perfect for you. It wasn't in 2018, and it's not going to be perfect for you in 2019. And God has never guaranteed you a perfect life by our standards of perfection. It's not going to be perfect. You're going to see God's wonders, but you must engage in a deep to do it. D.L. Moody, how many, how many of you ever heard of the evangelist D.L. Moody? They, they, they say of D.L. Moody, he shook two continents for Christ. They say, and took two hands and, and each hand shook a continent for, for the cause of Christ. It, it said of D.L. Moody, a million souls came to know Christ as their savior because of the ministry of D.L. Moody. A million souls. 
If you think that you, God can't use you, if you think that you, just one person, can't have an impact for Christ, you need to read. Get some books about D.L. Moody. Get some books about these evangelists and missionaries of yesteryear, and you'll see the impact that you can have for the cause of Christ. Here is one man. One million people came to the Lord because of his ministry, but D.L. Moody didn't have a perfect life. Matter of fact, he died at age 62. In much of his life, he went through a lot of disappointment. But he said this, I like to think big things for God. He deserves it. Whether it's in evangelism or your work or in money, whatever it is, you ought to think big ways it can be used for God. That's what D.L. Moody said about his life. And because D.L. Moody was willing to launch out into the deep, because he was willing to do big business in deep waters, he was able to see God do things that many of us would only dream of seeing in our life. Many of us would just simply think this isn't possible. But listen to me, God's not a respecter of persons. If you're willing to launch out into the deep this upcoming year, you will see wonderful things about God. I think of missionaries, uh, uh, those uh, 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 George Mueller and those that, that, that would pray missionaries who would have orphanages and, and there was no money coming in and they would simply pray and say, God, this is your orphanage. This is your place. We, we need your blessing and, 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 and not make phone calls. In those days, they weren't able to, to send out letters and internet and make phone calls to, to see if they could muster up some support. They had to get down on their knees and they had to learn how to pray and get out into the deep and see God work. They'd get down on their knees and they'd pray and they'd say, we have no food to feed the children this evening. And before they would get done praying, there would be knock on the door and somebody would come in with groceries and, 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 and to feed those children. It's because, it's because somebody was willing to launch out into the deep. I've told you this story before. I, I'll never forget when I was just a young boy. We were living in Philadelphia at the time. And, and I, I remember this. I, I went to the cabinet, Tom, and, and there was nothing there to eat. I remember this. There was, they were bare. And, and I remember thinking to myself as I went to school that day and, and not having much of a lunch, if anything, I, I remember thinking there's nothing to eat this evening. Now, if, if you've never been there, you don't understand it. I remember going home and guess what? There was nothing, nothing in the cabinets. No, nobody, nobody put anything in the cabinets. My parents didn't have the, the finances to, to go, to go uh, shopping. They, they went to the church and they worked at the church that afternoon. And that, that evening we came home and, and I remember thinking to myself, I, I didn't dare say it because I knew my parents knew it as well. But I remember thinking, what, what are we going to eat tonight? I remember the knock on the door and, and we went to the door and there were these two ladies from the church. They had bags of groceries for us. Nobody told them we needed anything. No, no, no phone call was made. It was just simply parents praying, saying, I want to serve you, Lord. I want to launch out into the deep. I, I want to go to this unfamiliar city to, to plant a church. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult place, and I'm going to take my children with me, and I, I'm going to depend upon you, Lord. And listen to me, if it wasn't for my parents willing to launch out into the deep, I never would have seen God work like that. Sometimes... Sometimes I worry because my children have never had to go to the cabinets and not have food. And you say, why as a parent would you worry? 
because I don't want my children to ever not see the wonders of God. You know, sometimes heartache comes in our life. And if we're not careful, we'll look at the heartache. But we need to look past that heartache and realize this, that God may be putting that in your life because you've launched out into the deep. And there are things that God wants to show you. There's wonders about himself that he wants to reveal. But he's not going to be able to unless you get out there into the deep and see his mighty work. Dale Moody launched out into the deep. Missionary Carey, the, uh, he, he's known for modern day missions. He, he said this, attempt great things, expect great things. Attempt great things, expect great things. I think that's what the psalmist is saying here. He, he said, those that do business, those that go out into the deep, they, those that go, they're going to see the works of God. Attempt great things, expect great things. Most people stay near the harbor and they don't take risk. Most churches stay in the harbor and they don't take great risk. And as we launch out by faith with God, we see things from him that we will only see with him if we're willing to go into the deep. I wonder this year in 2019, how many of you are willing to go into the deep? I I didn't ask you how many of you want to see great things of God and great wonders of God. The question is this, how many of you are willing to go into the great deep? How many of you are willing to launch out and do business in deep waters? I I remember several years ago now, it's been six or so years, I guess. About seven years, I guess it's been. The Lord really began to work in my heart and and, and lead me to, 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 to pastor and but we, we, we had it really good. We had a good church and a good staff and Lord blessed. And the Lord began to work in my heart and, and, and sent me to a, a church in, in, in Columbus, Georgia. Now, unless you've ever been to Columbus, Georgia, you, uh, it, matter of fact, we were at the dinner with my in-laws and, and, and uh, lady, lady that was waiting on us, she, um, she asked where we were originally from. I said, Columbus, Georgia. She said, get out. That's where I'm from. And we had a little conversation, and, and um, neither of us missed Columbus, Georgia. <laughs> There's not much to miss. Cars were broken into. Matter of fact, every Sunday, our, our security team here has it pretty good compared to what they had. They, every Sunday, cars were getting broken into. One of our deacons just parked his car right out front, left it running, got back, came back out of the church and was gone. We, we get to a place and, 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 and they, they wanted to move out of the city and they bought 40 acres of property on the north side of the city, beautiful piece of property. They bought all of it, but they never did the, the work before they bought it. And then once they bought it, after they, they invested all the money in it and they got it all paid for, they, they went to an architect and got, spent all this money in architectural drawings and, and then found out it's all wetlands, you can't build on it. And so when I went there, they said, we've got 40 acres. And when I was candidating, they showed me these beautiful 40 acres. It wasn't until I came to the church and became their pastor. They said, oh, by the way, those 40 acres we can't build on. What are you going to do about it? We're in the city. And I remember walking around the block. Every day I would walk around the two blocks, the block our church is on and the block next to it. And I'd say, God, what are we going to do? 
they, they knew they couldn't build, so they started buying up some of the property next to us, the block next to us. But the problem was once they started buying the property and the other people, there were 10 houses on that block. And once they started buying up the property, the other owners realized what the church was doing. And guess what? Yeah, we'll take a million dollars for that uh, house. It's worth about 10,000. And so now we've got 40 acres of property we'll never be able to use. And we've got a half a block next to us, but we need the whole block. But now that everyone knows the church wants to buy the properties, guess what? And the church will never be able to afford the property. And I remember thinking, Lord, what are we going to do? I said to our church, I said to our men, men, I, I want us to do this. I want to challenge our church. And I, I know this is going to be risky and I know this is going to be difficult. I said, but I want you to join me in prayer for 40 nights. And they all said, we could do that. I said, great, from 10 o'clock to midnight, two hours, I want you to join me in prayer. They said, oh, I, we can do that. I said, but I want you to meet me here for 40 nights. And, and for 40 nights, we had as many as 70 men come and pray for 40 nights in a row. We walked around blocks. We walked around this 40 acres that we couldn't, we couldn't uh, 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 do anything with. We, matter of fact, it, it got on and, and the papers came and started, what is going on with, with this church? There, these men are meeting and we met downtown at City Hall when it was closed from, from 10 o'clock to midnight for 40 nights in a row. We met and we said, God, we don't know what to do, but we're willing to step out into the deep because we want to see you do wonderful things. Unfortunately, I wasn't there to experience all what God was doing, but God was getting ready to do a work. By the time that I was moving here, that 40 acres that nobody wanted because it was all wetlands, guess what? Somebody bought it. The, 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 the final two houses that said, we'll never sell unless you give us this money. Guess what happened? They both went into foreclosure and the church picked them up for about $40,000 for both. Amazing. You say you upset you left? No, not at all. I'm glad God worked. I got a phone call not long ago. They, 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 they've sold that property. It's gone. They've got that money and, 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 and they bought the other property and they, they're clearing that whole city block. And, and now it's all right. We've got rid of that property. We've got a whole city block. Now what do we do, Lord? And, and, and guess what happened? The pastor got a phone call from a lawyer just a few weeks back and said this, a, a lady so-and-so that was a part of the church back in the 70s passed away. And guess what she did? She left $600,000 to the church. You say to me, are you glad? Are you sad you left now? Let me a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Just being honest with you, a little bit. $600,000. The building that they, want to be, they wanted to build, is, it's going to be in the process now. I mean, a little church where, where there's no place to park and, and your car might get broken into and your car might get stolen. A little, a little old place that takes up a, a half a block in the city. God is working because there was a church that was willing to launch out in the deep and seek God do great things. They're experiencing wonderful things. They never would have experienced. Verse number 24 says, these see the works of the Lord in his wonders in the deep. We, we never see God provide unless we attempt to do things beyond expectation. Mark that please in your heart. 
You never see God provide unless you attempt to do things beyond his expectation. And listen, there are going to be some this year in 2019, you're going to be faced with a crisis. It's going to require you to launch out into the deep. And it's there, I guarantee you, you're going to see the mighty hand of God provide. But you'll never see it unless you launch out. You see, the news you get, you think is bad news, but it's God working in your life to show you he can provide. There are some wondering, how are we going to get through this, this financial crisis? How are we going to get through this sickness? How are we going to get through this, this, this adversity? How are we going to get through these things? What, what, what is it? I, I'm simply saying to you this, have faith in God. Be willing to take a risk and step out there in the deep. And you say, but it's, it, it's deep and I could drown. Yes, it's God's hand that's going to be holding you up. And it's him that's going to receive the glory. I'll never forget my first year here. It was in September. And um, by October, November, I, I forget who it was, but somebody said, oh, we, we, we always take these, these um, annual Christmas offerings. And so we need to present that to the church. And I said, well, what is that? Well, it's just something that the church has always done, just an annual Christmas offering. I said, okay, well, what do we need to do? Well, we, we need to pray and we normally present a project and then we present it to the church. And, and, and I, I remember saying, I've only been here a couple months. I don't even know what we need. And I, I don't remember if it was one of the staff or one of the men on the board. They, they said, well, we, we've got to come up with something. And, and I, I said to Tom, I said, Tom, Tom Molina, what, what do we need? He said, well, and he started a list. He said, the carpet down here needs to be updated. He says, you know, a lot of the stuff was original when we built and, and, and literally hundreds of feet are on this property every day. This property never gets a break, never. And so I said, well, what, whatever you, you think. And began to put th some things together and he, um, he came back with uh, $55,000 worth of, and I said, get out of here. We're not gonna, we're not gonna ask church. And, and I'll never forget the statement that was said to me, you don't know our church. What, what, what they were saying is this, this church is used to waiting in the deep waters. You, our church is used to walking by faith. Don't, don't, don't come in here and, and take us back to land. We, we want to stay in the deep. We want to see God work. And, and, and I had little faith. i be honest with you. I started, well, we'll put that out there. And if we hit 20, that'll be a good thing, right? How much can we do for 20? And the reality is this. I think by the time that offering was all said and done. We exceeded 55,000. I think we got up to $195,000. And I remember saying, God, you're wonderful. I, I, remember, I remember the following year we said, let's remodel the chapel. And I think that was a $40,000 Christmas offering. And guess what? Church did it. I remember last year we, we, we said this, the Christmas offering, we're not going to do anything with the property. We, we, the last two years we did the chapel, we've done the, we're going to give every penny of it away. 
every missionary, wherever families, we're gonna give every penny of it away. And by the time it was all said and done, this church collected and gave $95,000 to missionaries and families that had needs and ministries that had needs. Not a penny of the offering that was collected last year stayed here. You, You know how fun that was? Debbie's writing checks to missionaries, ministries, families receiving, receiving a gift. And, and, and it was because a church was willing to step out into the deep. They saw God's wonderful work. This year, the same. We, we, we had a goal and we far exceeded our goal. The miracle working power in people's lives, we, we've seen this year, I, 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 I love the, the Ermans, Jimmy and his wife, they, they came to our church. And if they're here, I don't mean to embarrass them, but, but th- th- this is something our church ought to rejoice in. He, 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 and his, he and his girlfriend, fiance at the time walked into an Easter service. And, and they walked into an Easter service and, and, and they, they came back the next week and came back the next week and came back the next week and came back the next week and, and, and kept coming back. And she took a little book that we give called Done and she read that book. And at the end of it, they say that, that book Undone, do you want to trust Christ as your savior? And she, she said, I want to be saved. And she, she prayed and she trusted Christ as her savior. And Jimmy wasn't ready yet. I remember talking with Jimmy. I took him golfing and, and, and beat him really bad. And, and um, um, uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just preaching here. But um, uh, talked to him about the Lord and he convinced, me, he convinced me that he was saved. And after we were done, I thought he's not saved. He's got religion. And I remember saying, Lord, is there hope? I remember Chris Cox saying they, they want to get married. I said, that's wonderful. I said, but, but he needs to be saved. I remember the phone call and Chris Cox said to me, he said, hey, Jimmy wants to meet. And, and I, he met with Jimmy and Jimmy bowed his head and trusted Christ as a savior. And since Easter Sunday of this year, they, they came in, both lost, both, both not married. They came in, they both trusted Christ as their savior. They both went through the waters of baptism. They, 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 they gloriously got married and they joined the church. Are you willing to walk out launch out into the deep and see more Jimmy Ermans get saved. Church, I, I see all of these houses that are being built all around us. And how many of you on your way to church, you see all these houses being built? Everywhere you go, every direction from the church you go, there are people that are moving in. And when I see that, I say, oh God, I hope our church is willing to launch out into the deep and see these people saved and give them a place where they can come to church and hear about your word and disciple them and allow them to grow in your word. And they then help and launch out into the deep to even see greater things done for God. Are we willing to do this, church? You see, we'll never see that kind of life-changing power unless we're willing to launch out into the deep. And children of God, we, we are not here alone. We have the Spirit of God to help us do this. 
This isn't, well, let's get a good business model together and, 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 and do this business model. No, this is called the work of the Lord. It requires faith. It requires God's people to launch out by faith to do risky things for God. But listen to me, we're not doing this alone. We have the help of the Lord himself, the Spirit of God inside of us that will lead us and guide us to go out there. So when we get out to the deep, it's not that we have to walk alone or go do business alone. We've got the power of God. God to help us. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians, would you please? I want to go to the New Testament. And Paul writing to the church at Corinth, he says this in chapter number four, 2 Corinthians chapter four. And would you follow along with me in verse number 11? For we which are alive are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. We have God's word on this. Why do we believe that? Because God's word says it. Why do we believe that one day we're, we're going to be resurrected? Because God's word says it. That's powerful. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And look with me in verse number 18. This is where we stand as believers, as children of God, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Listen, we're not to look at the temporal things of this world. We're not to look at the, 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 the things that frighten us here in this world. We're not to live for the things of this world. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We believe in what we can't see. We as a child of God, we know God is there and we believe in him. We believe that he can do that which what we think is impossible. We believe that he can supply when we're out in the deep. We believe that, that when we get out there, he's not gonna let us drown, but that he's gonna lift us up and we're gonna see him do wonderful things. We believe his word. We're going to sail with him into the deep waters and we're going to see his mighty hand work. Listen, again, I say this, all of us want to see God's mighty hand, but we're not going to see it from the shore. The mighty hand that the psalmist is speaking about, that mighty hand that, that, that Saul or Paul is speaking about as challenging the church, that is only seen when we're willing to take risk for God. I would say this in 2019, I would challenge us, don't play it safe. Don't play it safe. Uh, that, that, that doesn't mean make stupid decisions. Uh, that doesn't say be a fool. But I, I, I don't think as a church, we ought to play it safe. 
I don't think as a church, listen, as a church, if there's still people that need to be reached, and there's still churches that need to be started, and there's still lives that need to be saved, and there's still children that are hurting, that need churches to foster them and bring them in and show them the love of Christ, when there's still young children that need to be adopted into Christian homes, and when there's still the cause of Christ that needs to be done in the greater Toledo area, I don't think as a church we could play it safe. I don't want to get to heaven and play it safe and say, God, but we had $800,000 in savings. And he says, I know, but there's people in Africa that never heard the gospel. And there's people in Europe that have never heard the gospel. And there's people in Toledo that have never heard the gospel. You played it safe. And hell was full. Let it never be said of this church. I want our church to leave the harbor. I want our church to sail into the deep. I want us to see what God can do. I want us to experience God's mighty hand. I want us to get out there and say, all right, God, what are you going to do? What do you want done? I I, I, want to challenge your church. We couldn't start enough churches in Toledo. Listen, I say this with, 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 with understand my heart, but if, if, if we took this church as it is right now and put it in another area in Toledo, we wouldn't have this many people. We, we need to reach the Spanish community. We need to reach the Muslim community. We need to, we need to reach the inner cities of this city. And we're not going to do it by playing it safe. We need to send more missionaries. The, the, these young men and women that are, that are going off to Bible college, I, I, I pray you're encouraging them. I pray that you're, you're sending them notes. I, I pray you're, you're sending them cups of, uh, uh, money to buy cups of coffee to keep them awake as they study I, I, because they're going to come back and, and that's who we're going to use to start the churches. That's who's going to go on the mission field. And, and, and let's not play it safe. Let's not leave them to their own. Let's get behind what God's doing. Let's launch out into the deep and let's God, let God show us marvelous things that we'd never have seen if it wasn't for us getting and doing business in the deep waters. That's going to take a church being committed. You you realize for some, for some that means you have to start doing something here. You said, oh, here we go. You got to meddling now. Yeah. You call it meddling. I call it pastoring. because some of those chairs are so comfortable. I, I told our staff, I, I, I want us to go to three services on Sunday morning. Three services. Well, what are the people gonna think if we have to move their 9.30 hour? You know what I hope they would think? We're gonna reach more people. If I gotta come in 30 minutes later or earlier, I'm willing to do it if we get somebody in these chairs to hear the gospel. If we get another Jimmy Ehrman, Jimmy Ehrman to, to come in and, 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 and trust Christ and now he has a Christian homie, he's got a Christian wife and they're serving the Lord and haven't missed a service since Easter. If we can get more of those in our community, in our church, why wouldn't we do that? 
That means we might need more teachers, we might need more singers, we might need more ushers, we might need more uh, uh, altar workers, we might need more people working in the, in the, in the, in the parking lot, we might need more, more janitors, we, we might need more staff. Listen to me, I think we ought to just be willing to launch out into the deep and let God do miraculous things. This church is used to it. This church isn't used to sitting by the, the sidelines watching God work. This church is used to being in the middle of what God's doing. And let's continue to see God do that. I want to see God, what God can do. Turn with me to Ephesians and we're rounding third heading home. Turn with me to Ephesians. You with me? Ephesians chapter three. Look with me in verse number 15. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's what we need. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And, and, and look with me in verse number 20, please. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Do, do, you, do you know this? God wants to do with you more than you could ever imagine. But he doesn't do it for you, he does it for him. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. Do, do, do you know this? There's not a situation in your life right now that God can't handle. And when he handles it, you know what? He wants glory. There's not a problem he gives you that's there to drown you in the deep. He wants you to launch out into that deep so that he can supply. So he receives glory. We'll never see it until we get out into the deep. There was a story of David Livingston. David Livingston was a missionary that really turned Africa upside down for Christ. There was a friend of David Livingston's that said to David Livingston, when he said, I'm gonna to go to Africa, they said, why are you gonna go there? Why would you spend your life at a God forsaken place? And David Livingston, when he spent his life for Christ, saw marvelous things, saw God work. When, when he came home, when he came home from, he passed away and when his body was bring, being brought back from, from, from the mission field, there was parades, there were people cheering, there, there was a great, uh, a great memorial for him because of the life that he lived. And that same young man that was once a young man that said to David Livingston, you're wasting your life. He said, as I saw that body being taken off of that ship and the parade and the, the things that David Livingston did for the Lord, he said this, I realized this, it is I that live for the wrong world. It's I that live for the wrong world. He said, why are you gonna go live for the world in Africa to see people saved? Why are you gonna waste your life? And he knew this, it was he that wasted his life on the wrong world. Church, I don't want to be a church where as we look back, we say, we live for the wrong world. 
I don't want to have families in our church that say we live for the wrong world. While there's still one more soul to be saved, let's launch out. While, while, while there's still a, a continent that needs to be reached for Christ, let's launch out. While there's still churches that need to be planted and replanted and, and pastors sent, let's launch out. Because it's in the deep that you see wonderful things of God. I ask you today, how many of you want to do business in the deep? How, how, how many of you want to do business in the deep? How many of you want to see the wonderful works of God that only is seen in the deep waters? It's going to need a church that's willing to take a risk. Church, are you willing to take a risk for the cause of Christ? Christ.